Hi, my name is Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. And you're listening to Wine, the long and the short of it. In proud partnership with Give Wine a Future. How well do you know your wines? From the simple to the complex, from acidity to Symphondel. Welcome to Wine, the long and the short of it. My name is Antonia Dominguez, the long. And my name is Linda Coogan, the short. Between us, we have over 30 years collective experience in wine buying, wine retail and wine education. Every week we discuss a topic, product or trend from the world of wine. So Linda, this episode is all about, I suppose, wine labels and the psychology of wine labels. It's a topic we're both fascinated by because we've both, we both work in retail Mm -hmm. or have worked in retail. And I... I just think this is such an interesting area. What drives a consumer to choose, you know, one wine over the other when based purely on aesthetics? Can I get my mouth around that word? Um, so, so yeah. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Have you done I, a bit of research around this? Of course I have. Um, I think it depends on the consumer and where they're shopping, first of all. Yeah. I think if they're in a supermarket, they're going to be given... A broad range of colors to choose from. Yeah. And I think if they're in an independent wine store, that they may be given a lot more eclectic range. Yeah. And diverse range of options to choose from, purely based on label. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not, we did two episodes about understanding wine labels. People can go and listen to that to read and understand when we're talking yeah. about the visual impact. The visual impact of the yeah. label. Yeah. And the general look of, of the wine. Because I love going into wine shops personally and going, ooh, which yeah. one am I drawn to? And I pull a few out and then I might often ask somebody who works there that I'm, you know, I might say, you know, can you help me? Which I do all the time. Yeah, yeah. I always ask for help. And I say, have you had any of these that I've picked out? Can yeah. you tell me something about them? Yeah. Now, I know consumers may not do that depending on <clears throat> where they are yeah. but uh, you know it's a huge thing just the front and the back label yeah I think we're all guilty of sort of um, judging a wine judging the book by its cover judging a wine by the look of it mm-hmm. beyond a certain point so if you know you're looking for a Rioja or you're looking for an Alvarino or whatever you'll go there you'll be you'll be browsing but if you don't know one from the other yeah you're kind of going to go by the price point and then the look of the wine and you know if it's speaking to you or not mm-hmm. so that's all down to the label and the packaging um if i if i went into an independent wine shop and was looking for a mencia from bierzo and i wouldn't know like if there were six on the wall i wouldn't know one from the other i'd be going by what it looks like mm-hmm. as you say if i'm going into a supermarket or if i'm a consumer who buys my wine in the supermarket and you're, and you're looking, looking for, for a Mencia from Brito. No, well, you're probably not, not looking for that, <laughs> but you might be looking for, you know, New Zealand Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, and obviously by at that point, you're probably going by brand loyalty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or exactly. if you're looking for, I suppose, a, a Prosecco, Prisanti. And mm-hmm. you're you're just you're kind of going by the look of it, I suppose, yeah. you know, or you're buying a Malbec for as a present or a gift. You're going to a dinner and you're going to go in okay here are the Malbecs you know look at the price grand now which one looks yeah. the nicest and the most premium and I think that's ooh, ooh. which look so there's a difference between buying for yourself of what you find playful fun maybe if that's the type of person you are yeah or 
if you're buying for a gift and you want it to look more important and more expensive. Expensive. Than well, is. I think most people try and pick out a wine that looks like quality. Mm-hmm. It looks more premium mm-hmm. or more expensive mm-hmm. than what the quality in the bottle actually represents. Or you could just buy a really nice bottle of wine that is expensive. Well, not everybody can. That's the point. I'm just saying next time you buy me wine, you can buy one that's expensive. <laughs> don't be judging it. <laughs> well, I think no, that... absolutely. I, yeah. Of course, if you don't know what you're buying, then of course you're going to judge it yeah. and, and do that. So come on, let's So go. I think labels fall into generally two categories. Traditional, mm-hmm. you know, kind of classic or you know, modern, dynamic. So, um, yeah, I think it's 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 often a trick for the, I, I don't know about your experience, but I've often found producers of cheaper entry-level quality trying to make their wine look more expensive by putting, slapping an owl traditional label with a, a picture of a chateau or something on it. To make it look more premium and... Yeah, or mm-hmm. an authentic... Okay. You know, um, I also have the experience in, in from having worked many years uh, exporting to China that the more sort of shiny it was and if there was red on the label and on the capsule, if you had packaged the wine in a heavier bottle with a bigger punt, I think people know what punt is from previous wine. episodes. Um, yeah, that was always going to be. Yeah, because red is the color of well, power, prestige in, in, in China. China yeah. Yeah. I think things have changed probably since then a little bit, but certainly initially you, you had to have red and gold, and it had to be all shining, all dancing with an embossed label and a heavy bottle, and then you were sold. Didn't matter what the wine was like and inside. Then you mix it with coke. Yeah, God, it's a tragedy. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So so. But look, traditional, classic, and then I think modern, dynamic, would that be fair to say? And I think modern, though, would get another little level as well with minimalistic, with yeah. modern. Do you know, there's there's modern to be fun and vibrant and colourful and playful, the opposite of traditional and kind of classics. Yeah. But then there's minimalistic that's kind of, and a bit out there yeah. as well. Yeah, because there's modern, you, I've seen modern that is really quirky and kind of, you know, cartoonish and caricatures or you know fat bastard and whatever do you know this mm-hmm. kind of thing where they're kind of you know they're a bit out there and they're they're not modern in an elegant sense you know yeah but who's going to buy that wine do you know what I mean like a consume a connoisseur of wine is not going to go and buy fat bastard is it yeah I is know the person no? yeah so I suppose there's we're, we're 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 unveiling layers of categories here because you have traditional and classic you have modern but within those you have cheaper looking or you know uh, or, or more elegant um styles of both so okay when we dig deeper we can talk about very specific themes and things like that so mm-hmm. what are critter wines then are critter labels so can can we talk a little bit about critter wine labels and what they mean and what they are so critter wine labels are in general wines that have a very vibrant, dominant animal on the label. And it could be a giraffe, a cat, a frog, mm-hmm. whoever, you know, um, I suppose the most well-known one is um, Yellowtail. Mm-hmm. And the kangaroo. With the kangaroo. Yep. Um, and Hugely uh, successful, huh? Massive brand. I mean, so I suppose it's interesting to see why people would buy something like that yeah um a wine that you know obviously doesn't have a chateau a castle you're not looking at tradition here you're looking at the new world way of wine so you know it's going to be a grape varietal yeah that is doing what it says you know 
Do you think that people think of it as sort of giving a sense of origin? No. And as a result, being more authentic? Why not? Oh, I don't. No. I think it's more of a playful. With the kangaroo. They, no, I think no. I think that that's it's an Australian one. Kangaroo boom. No, I. <laughs> I honestly boom. think it's like, no. The grapes are from Australia, not necessarily a specific region okay. or anything like that. I read somewhere that it's people. There's like an environment. Not that it's for people who are environmentally, or that it appeals to people who are environmentally conscious, but that it there's a sort of a subconscious environmental connection where they it's kind of like. A nature, maybe pointing to something that's natural. Do you know? Mm, okay, so I hear you. I'm looking at you. I hear you as well. Um, I would think a ladybird, a butterfly, animals like or creatures like that yeah. on a label, but they're much more subtle. And I think those ones would be much more environmentally unconsciously. But so then how can you explain why people love, you know, like, do you remember there's a, there's another oh, red wine with the pig on it? Do you know the Trinca Dera, or it's one of the Portuguese, Portuguese with yeah. the orange label mm-hmm. and a pig on it. Like, and you know, that I, wouldn't there's loads to me there's in a million the ones years. with ducks and with the duck horn and, and goats, goats to Rome. Goats Love to Rome, that. and yeah, like because it's, it's very playful. clever. That's kind of fallen off a cliff now, to be honest. The goats um, to Rome and the menage a trois. They've and all fallen those. off a cliff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh God, that's too corny. Come on. You think I have it? Do you like cheese? Oh God, is this a joke? Yeah. Why? Because I'm an easy single. Jesus. Is that how Niall picked you up? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's good, isn't it? Um, I've no idea why people buy these wines. I'd love to ask a million people and find out because, I mean, my cousin, Elaine, mentioned her more than once. Yeah. Like Kareth, like Thermomix. She's been mentioned previously, right? Shout out to Lane. <laughs> she will only buy a wine if it doesn't have we'll a Chateau. We'll have to invite Elaine to oh the Christmas God. party. Ah. Christmas party for two. Four of wines have chateau, <laughs> Chateaus on them. Go on. Um, but she'll only buy a wine that literally has like gold, silver, plain or pink or yeah. floral things and all that. And I've actually got a load of um, photographs of wine that I want to just discuss as well yeah um but there's no way in a million years that she will buy a wine that looks traditional or classic yeah unless it's for a gift but if that's the case she'll go and ask me for help or someone for help but again when she's looking at a wine list where she doesn't have the picture of it she freaks out Mm -hmm. because you're like what do I pick so she'll always go New Zealand Sauvignon Always go back to the brand. Well, that's I know different. I'm going, that, I know we're going, going on, on a tangent I know, I know, I know. into the style. I know, I know. But um, in terms of wine labels, she will only go if it has an animal, mm-hmm. gold, silver, all of those things aesthetically. Do you pleasing think she's a bit of a special case because she sounds no. quite special? She is very special, but she <laughs> is not. She's like all of her friends will do the same because they don't know. Yeah. Like she's not interested in doing a wine course. She listens to the podcast, so she's learning a lot, and then she's still. You know, saying, oh, what would you do? What would you pick? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, pick one yourself. Okay. You've so, learned enough now. Okay. So we have traditional, modern. We have the animals on labels, which is a little bit of a mystery still as to why that seems to resonate with mm-hmm. consumers. But that, I think, applies to all kind of quality and price levels, whether it's entry or premium. Something about having an animal on a label seems to work. Then we have, no, why... Why are you scratching no, the, your face up? The, the, a butterfly and a ladybird. Why do you keep going on about the butterfly? Because I couldn't remember if I already said this. In this oh, sorry. 
<laughs> okay, but butterfly, okay, whether it's a butterfly or any other label, they work. Yes. Generally I, speaking, they work. Do you know the one Predator? Um, yes. Didn't, that lady has a bird. big ladybird on it and the ladybird used to be smaller. Okay. And now it's bigger. Interesting. Meaning? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's just fascinating. Like you said at the beginning, we're fascinated by this. Yeah. I'd love to do a psychology. There is degree. a reason there is a reason for that on. with the ladybird. The ladybird being a natural predator. So it's part of their biodiversity in the vineyard. I think the ladybird um feeds whatever other pest or a little insect that I don't know if it's a nematodes or whatever that that the la- ladybird eats so there's a reason for that to protect so the vines yeah so they're saying no. ladybirds are a natural predator Me, the name of the wine is predator in our vineyards we welcome the ladybirds and um and it's part of our sort of integrated pest management and biodiversity and all that um quattro res as well rueda wine they have a little owl on one that's of their right. labels and again that's one of the pests not the pests the animals that the they natural encourage predators. yeah to be there yeah. to, to eating away at the yeah. other ones. So you see, come back to the this stories. environmental connection that the maybe stories. consumers are making and I don't mm. know. Do you know what I mean? Subconsciously. <gasps> yeah. So There's something in that. So now, um, what else? Art on labels. Oh, yes. Um, I think you've mentioned before about Mouton Rothschild mm-hmm. and how they commission don't they? Yeah, Different they artists. have commissioned since the 19, 1945, yeah. apart from two years where it was their 100 year anniversary. And also, um, that doesn't make any sense. Um, 100 year anniversary. <laughs> Your maths is like, seriously. <laughs> anyway, I'll get Challenged. back to that. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, there was two years that they didn't get someone to commission the wines, mm-hmm. uh, the art on the label. But they invited an artist to do their, uh, it always has to have their. Their chateau. Yeah. And yeah. their, what's the symbol of Emblem. the animal? Thank mm. you. Um, but also Montepesagina, you know, that one yeah. where it, they get the, the kids to draw the label. I like this because this is animals versus art or meets mm. art, I should say. The, the kids, I'd say the kids are like 72 now. <laughs> I know, I don't know. But it's like they draw a different animal, be it a butterfly, a dragonfly or, you know, a giraffe, a zebra, all different yeah. animals that have been on. Every year it's labels. different, right? And I love that because people, yeah. again, this is where they go in to find, oh, it's the new vintage. And they, yeah. they don't give a monkey's how much any of that they just see. Oh, I've had that before. I've enjoyed it. And white or red, it doesn't matter. They pick it up because it's a new vintage and they recognize it. And they it. know it's a new vintage. And with that's the new, amazing. Yeah, it's a really and good. And the other one, mm. this is nothing to do. Actually, they didn't do with animals, but Esperau, you know, that other yeah, Portuguese Esperau. brand. They have the most beautiful, like I literally, as soon as I saw the new white last year, I went, <gasps> and it was 26 quid. I went in and picked it up because it was new. And I recognized the difference. So, our classic traditional winemakers or wineries losing out because people don't know this has changed. This mm-hmm. isn't what it was. Or are they happy being as they are? That's, yeah. You know, um, I don't know the answer to all this. I'm just having a No, I know. Like, and like I was thinking, is, I was just thinking to myself, is this l- limited to really premium wines, you know, that, that art on labels you know, speaks to people? 
And I was thinking the the other example, I but actually their wines are not here. Enate, and not in Ireland anyway, but Enate is a, a winery in Samantano in the north of Spain and they have an, an in-house artist and every label has a as a different, is a piece of work, a piece of art. Is it just restricted to, you know, um, premium wines? No, and as we speak, I'm thinking about like more supermarket wines and what they look like. And they are all kind of colourful and shiny and bright. Because they have to be. They have yeah. to stand out exactly. amongst the sea of wines that are there. Whereas in an artisan shop, you're going to be more selective. If you're going in looking for something in a particular area, Yes, you're drawn to the label, but you may recognize the producer or you may recognize something about that rather than just been picking from a sea of supermarket colors. Yeah. And I mean, but look, at, I mean, I know we're, we're kind of crossing over into previous topics, but you're looking at Graham Norton, GN. Oh, my Kylie, God, brilliant. And then a picture of Snoop Dogg or whatever for his nine for his um, what's it called? Cali Red. Look at, and then the 19 crimes, all the picture, you know, there's all sorts of things going on. And and they all speak to be like these things that are successful. Not in a million years would I ever consider, or LC would have predicted. No, but long, you know, no, short. No, but I mean seriously. our own wine. No, of course not. Tally like, red with a picture of Snoop Dogg. That's not even really that cheap. Do you know what no, I mean? No, no, no. It's not. Um. Yeah. So but then say look at Cloudy Bay. Yeah. Right. So it's the the mountain range and like the really simplistic white and grey mountains. It's a premium wine now, isn't it? Look at this. Like, Four, you know? like 40 euro wine. Penfolds. Penfolds, I like. It's classy. 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 But again, you're assuming this is classy. So again, what's like what you said earlier on about Chinese wines kind of pimping up their labels to make them look more premium. Yeah. Um, so how can a consumer know the difference between something that's been pimped up or whether it's legit? Sorry, I'm throwing you. No, I, I mean, I mean. about this myself. Well, it, again, it depends on where you are. Taste the wine really is 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 the first thing. I like how do they know they're being cottage? Yeah, if you like it, you like it. I think if you're looking at a ten euro bottle of wine or a nine or eight euro bottle of wine and it's got all of this really fancy packaging and heavy bottle and all that, you're being cottage anyway because you can be sure that a, a, a huge proportion of the price you're paying is gone into the packaging. Mm-hmm. which leaves very little for the wine itself. You mentioned a few minutes ago about, you know, all the the money, like creativity and all the rest. Is yeah. that what they're paying for? You might have an amazing artist on staff. Yeah. That just does it for fun as well. Like, I mean, oh, absolutely. some companies like Connoisseur have spent a fortune. Yeah. And and nearly like nine months yeah. rebranding a wine based on research. It, what wine labels and the design of wine labels is an art form in its own right. Mm-hmm. And I like I've only had limited exposure to it. But when I was ex- exporting to China and we had to make loads of create lo- lots of wine labels for consumers or for customers our importer customers. And we engaged label designers and they are exclusively. And OK, we don't have them here in Ireland because we don't produce wine. But, you know, this was Spain I'm talking about and mm-hmm. you'd have to you know, get a company or get a designer who would exclusively work on your project on your labels and uh, you'd be going back and forth will you tweak this will you tweak that no look the colour's not right no the design is not right no this might offend a certain type of consumer this might not um, we want it more modern we want it more classic 
Yeah. So like it, it's 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 huge work involved. And I really love when people put things out and they're really simplistic. I was only thinking that you went recently to a tasting of um, Blank Bottle. Yes. Oh, yes. I think that's a fantastic concept. <sighs> Maybe you can explain that a little bit. So Blank bo- Bottle. Um, thanks for that, Antonia. Throw me here. Um, mm. So Peter, I can't remember his surname, is one you of... You just told me he was really good looking though. Oh, he's very good looking. Well, <laughs> I... He knows I know that. <laughs> um, so I met him uh, twice previously. He came into Sweeney's where I worked and he showcased his a couple of wines that he had. Sorry, who is he? And maybe he explain is where he's from. He's a African winemaker. Mm-hmm. He owns zero mm-hmm. vineyards in yeah. South Africa. And he purchases um, wines from farmers and he produces different types of wine. Mm-hmm. All sorts of grapes, all sorts of blend, and it's a blank bottle because he very much thinks that people prejudge what it is before they've tasted it. So he encouraged us at the tasting to just taste the wines, see what we think, mm-hmm. you know, without prejudging anything. And there was a story behind each of the labels um, that he that he showcased, and they're only available in independence in tiny tiny allocations because he you know, is buying the grapes from various little tiny winemakers that are growers that he finds fascinating. And he produces these stunning wines. Uh, Moment of Silence would, and the names of them. Yeah, Moment of Silence. Like it's just a white label with some embossing and it just says Moment of Silence at the bottom in italic. And and then you can't help but be silent. No, no, no. And take in. 100. Let's have a moment. Imagine that in the podcast, a whole moment of silence. That'd be funny. I wouldn't mind it. But if we had that wine in front of us, we literally would have a moment of well, silence. Well, they're kind of meditation now, wines, I aren't didn't, they? I didn't actually give out to him because I couldn't because he's so nice. But um, the wax, the wax. Oh, wax capsule, I can't cope. Yeah, no. but he basically told us, I have all this written down, but he said that like he has employed women in the town and that's their job. And they only have a job yeah, because they of that. Could, they, mm. No, it's so lovely. No, Again, I appreciate that, but... But the that's, wax. it's, it's, the wax we didn't so mind. Off, I was talking to um, Richard from the drink store sitting beside me and Peter and Bagger Street Wines all around me. And we said we'd forgive him. Okay. So okay. I think Always I ranted about Peter. this like two weeks ago about like the, the wax closures, but uh, we'd forgive it because it's, it's a special wine that you open any of his wines because they tell a story, each of them, and they're all different blends and they definitely definitely are worth seeking out yeah 100% um, I have another um, very interesting winemaker who has a stripe across their label okay surely you know who this is a stripe a stripe oh mm. yeah 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 Darrenberg, Darrenberg. yeah Chester. all of their wines have a red stripe across the label mm-hmm. and they've so many different ones called um, Dead Arm and Dead Arm Shiraz yeah uh-huh. Hermit yeah uh, what's it called Hermit Crab, loaded. the Barossan. Oh no, that's Peter Lehman. Sorry, Jenny Mac. Sorry, um, Magpie, Laughing Magpie. They've so many different wines, and I did a tasting with with him a while ago. And again, you just recognise the stripe, yeah, and you trust you the trust brand it. as such, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, and um, what's the one? Oh, High Trellis, I think it's called. But he's an interesting character. But I think for for me. I love finding the story behind the brand. Do you, yeah. do you know that way? And yeah, it's but, like if there's something to tell and a story to be. But again, but that's I'm beyond the remit know, of know, this know, conversation know, because what we're talking about is consumers don't know 
what the story is when there's just looking at wines at a glance, what makes them pick up one bottle over another. You know, how does a producer stand out or how do they call the attention of of the buyer when they're, you know, go and shoulder shop. to shoulder. Go with and shop in a, a store that will where be people able to, can where talk, people to, you. talk I know, to you. I know. Don't go to Apple Green. Don't be going to do you know, know what I mean? Like, I know, don't I pick up. And that's where most of these wines, like most branded wines are sold in convenience stores. Yeah. Not where people know something or may have met the winemaker, someone on the team. Do you know that way that they can actually hear a story? I, do. I, I know we like we interviewed Mazzy, uh, Giacomo from Mazzy. But like when you when we get involved and, and, and actually get to speak to somebody and hear their story, you're like, oh, my God, yeah. And there's so many stories to be told. And I just wish people would be open to exploring a little bit more. Mm. And you don't know who's in your network. Uh, but like if you're into wine, your neighbor's into wine, have a chat with them and go, did you know this, this, this? Like there's the labels on wine. That's why we buy them. But we may not know why. Do you know, like there's are there's all sorts of research being done at the minute with respect to this topic and psychology and consumer psychology and what makes, you know, consumers pick one wine over the other. And do you know what they're actually doing? And they can use like this um electro I don't even know the official term this kind of sensory monitoring thing where they can follow the eye line and see <gasps> where their eyes are being drawn yeah. to and I was trying to read some of this research and some so of these reports I. but you know what they weren't it's very like 40, conclusive 40 bleeding million pages I later know. and I was like I oh, hear you've lost me like they weren't yeah. conclusive because as far as they got is that they established that this uh, technology <laughs> can, actually works, but they haven't <laughs> managed to. But it was over 117 people or something stupid like that. Well, like, there were know. a few studies, but they, they mm. haven't gotten very far with that. But yeah, it, it's it's I think it's it's a deep topic, Linda. I don't think we're going to crack this one in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, do you not think? What I would like to know a little. <laughs> um, we're no we're no on Einstein's in this department, but um. What I would like to know is what kind of labels do you like personally? Um, I suppose I'm a really good question. Um, I'm personally drawn not necessarily to classic. Uh-huh. Um, so not your traditional, not your classic. I look for something that's a bit fun and playful. Um, and I did take photographs of wines that I have purchased recently um, to just describe. Now, I will post them on social media. Um, but promises, You're, promises. Listen, not if it's a drag, Linda. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, where are they all gone now? Um, but one was a Moscato de Asti that has little flowers on it on the label at the bottom. And it's light, bright, fruity, simple, low alcohol. So I just thought that that was a really simple, easy kind of style to buy. Um, and it was really, if I'm allowed to say the word feminine and appealing to me. Um, and come here I'm going to find some more here what else have you got I no, think I've I loads, go for I've loads no so. well like I don't need solid examples or anything just talking generally I mean I think generally speaking I look I like simple understated definitely minimalist definitely like something that looks a bit classy or elegant I just think less is more when it comes when it comes to most things but also when it comes to labels and <laughs> I think well <laughs> Okay, maybe not not in every category. <laughs> but what? um I would say I like yeah, I like I, I I wanted to mention blank bottle because I like 
labels with a bit of mystique. Mm hmm. I know people talk about labels telling a story, but it's very difficult, I think, to convey a story through a label. I think one example of how that has been done really effectively is the Matsu uh, range. Oh, with the men and the woman. With the young guy and the middle-aged guy and then the kind of the grandfather. And then they brought a woman into it recently, into the range, to depict the different ages of the wine or how, you know, how mature they were or not, uh, or youthful. And um, that's a pure branding exercise because that those labels were not created by the winery. I know the winery quite well and the wines are fantastic. The winery labels would have been completely different to the, those labels, this company, Matsu, came along and they developed this range and they developed this branding um, project and it was hugely successful. And I just think it tells a story. It's mm-hmm. it's trying to, you know, it's, it's, it's so clever. A, All it's it is, so it's clever. so powerful. So it's powerful. so clever. Like, it's like putting me as the young person, you yeah. as the old person. All right. Yeah. Go well, on. Yeah. New. No, but the woman's uh, face is my favorite wine. Yeah, it's 50 yeah, yeah. odd euro bottle. No, yeah. Uh, it's Malvasia or something. And it's Malavasia, yeah. Okay. And it's amazing. <laughs> um, I would say also, um, I know we're not getting into text or anything, but simple descriptions and uh, not all this long winded stuff yeah, te- that goes on. It is the label. Like, it is, yeah. So, so, but what I, what I mean by that is not just the look, and I'm going to use Lynn's Gial as an example, right? I when you turn the bottle. Label. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic label. Her her label, it's her Alvarino, and it has been designed by her son. I know. Who is a very creative person. He's a jewellery maker and artist. And But it, when you turn it over, it doesn't have this big, long-winded tasting yeah. note or history on the winery. It just says something like, I don't even have the exact words. It's something like coastal vineyard, saline, mineral, citrus. Um, Concrete. Yeah, did, some, some, yeah, yeah concrete. I, and there's like six or seven descriptors with full stops after yeah, them. That's it. it. Mm-hmm. And that tells you all so you need to know about the marketing wine. BS that you get. Yeah. It. Like, do you remember I, I waffle stuff off from previous particular ones? Well, I mean, I didn't I'm want to say about the more controversial labels that seem to, I don't know, was it you can tell me, but you did bring up one before and like we were just, um, we had a whole. Why why were we talking about it before? We were talking about... It was wine labels, I think. No, no. no. Well, maybe it was. But controversy? Wine controversy? So I don't know. I haven't, I haven't gone back and, and listened to all of them. And it was the... Was it called Under Under Her Bush? Was it? Sorry, Linda. Come on. You I, said this. She had a glass. <laughs> it was a picture. Am I telling a lie? You no. brought this up before. I thought you knew that. No, sorry. I can't remember the um, story. So basically it was a, a lovely looking girl with dark hair wearing a, a white skin tight dress and she had a glass of wine. She was standing at a table and she had a glass of red wine in a prominent position. Prominent. Um, what's the word then? <laughs> I'll demo for you. <laughs> um, and it was like just in the shape of a glass of wine in a red colour and it was something about under the bush. Yeah, I think in it was under the bush. precarious position. Yeah, precarious. There's the right, word. okay. What's I say? Prominent. And was it called under her bush? <laughs> or am I making under that Under their bush. I don't under think it was under her bush. Oh, right. Oh, Antonia. <laughs> it's banned anyway. It's not, it wasn't allowed. Who released this? An Australian winery a long time ago. Right, okay. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, I know, that I just, I had to bring it up again as to what I wouldn't 
you know, what doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, but I won't. I bet you it did. I bet you that did work. But like same with fat bastard and all the kind of naughty things or if you've got like mm. all menage sorts of um, menage a trois all these different wines that like they're, they're not going to sell to connoisseurs of wine that have collections never in a million years are they going to pick a bottle of menage a trois up for the crack no way no but under her bush is <laughs> a different level I think no under their bush can't be under her bush that is just are you a, looking that up I'm trying to <laughs> God, anyway, this hilarious. came up and there were a few other controversial ones that came up in what that came episode. Up, bird in hand, two in the bush. That's not it. No. no. Oh, here's the, here's the, ad. taste the bush. Taste the bush. <laughs> right. I knew it was something really, yeah, strange. <laughs> That's worse. So anyway, moving on. Um, yeah. Any other examples of, um, of labels you like? I was actually going to tell you about I've loads. Um, Antonori's Il, um, Il Bercuto, whatever you call it. It looks now like it wouldn't. That would not appeal oh to me God, at all. It, I just love it because it's just so. It looks like what I said. I'm not drawn to you know classic and and, yeah. and that, but I don't know. It makes me feel like I'm going to be going to Tuscany and I'm going to be enjoying these gorgeous. Wines. It's called Il Brucchietto. That's Isn't exactly Brucchietto? what I just. It's say. a fantastic yeah. wine, but I just remember mm-hmm. the, the. I think the, it just didn't call out to me. Now it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. But isn't this why wine is fascinating? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. because you know we'll always buy different wines for each other. Yeah. Hopefully to enjoy together, and then we kind of oh right, what's this? What's this? What's this? Don't we? And you never know why you pick something up or whatever. Well, I think the trick is just not to buy. The same wine, wine just ba- well, oh, the same wine, or just based on what it looks like, you know. Get get a bit of information. Yeah, um, colors about wine. Go on, red. Do you know where I like red? Because when I think of red, I think of China. But I power I strength, love penfolds. I just love. Maybe it's because they're such a class act in mm-hmm. general. Love Pantone and their wines. branding is kind of red, black and white and it just works and it's classy. And yeah, but it's been around for such a long time. Yeah. Do you know, and I, I agree. I adore Penfolds wine. Yeah. Don't drink enough of them. No, but it, we showed one recently them. at the press t- at a press tasting, the the um, the Canunga Hill 76 Cabernet Shiraz. It was just shown so well. Sorry, what? 76? Six, 76, yeah. Canunga Hill. Canunga Hill. Yeah, no, it wasn't the vintage. It's just the name of it. Oh. And it's... <laughs> I was like, what? That's you bit. were there and you tasted it. It was... Oh, like it was, I was sorry. Sorry. It was so layered and it has this fabulously like kind of minty eucalyptus yes, note. It was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Gorgeous. I thought you were saying vintage. Yeah. No, no, no. No. Um, okay. So reds, uh, red on a label um, evokes power, strength, quality, prestige. Both uh-huh. colours aligned with impulse buying. So if there's uh-huh. red, notice if you're buying it by impulse. Okay. Um, orange, playfulness, warmth and vitality. Sun, healthy and fruit. People think of that kind of stuff. Okay. I didn't make this up. Someone else did. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> Anyone specific? Any sort of, no, with any no, sort of expertise in this area? <laughs> Paraphrasing any it. old clown. <laughs> Do you know what was though? Uh, 99 um, wine labels. I tried to ah. buy the book. I saw, I read uh, about that, yeah. To be honest with you, that looks like a book I'm going to put on my 
you can't order it audible or anything like that. You need to buy it. And it was from the America, so I didn't get it yet. But 99 wine labels, is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, it is called. I've, no, no, 99 bottles of wine. It's called the making of the contemporary wine, of wine label. Uh, yeah, so I'm yeah. going to get that because I think we're going to definitely have to explore this further. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one on the to-do list and read list. Yellow, cheerful, laughter, happiness and optimism. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, if I was try- trying to think, all I'm thinking of is barefoot. With yeah, that. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yellow and, and the yellow yeah. tail and all of that stuff. Yeah. Like this one, sorry, come, a quote from the 99 bottles of wine. They're saying um, general public, the general public needs explicit clues on what to expect from the wine. So the entire bottle is designed to convince novices to buy it. So, for example, bottles typically look that look $10 more expensive um, than they actually are will appeal to consumers. And they also say um, people associate simple uncluttered designs with high end vintages and sophisticated flavors. So more expensive vintages have a single color background with only a simple logo. So there you go. The simplicity and the minimalist approach works. Go on with your colors. I, I had all those notes there. Oh, sorry, there as sorry, well. sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <sighs> uh, green. Mm. Nature, environmental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the organic mm-hmm. wines will have, will green. have green. Mm. Yeah. It's true, though. Yeah. I'm telling you, watch out for all these things now. Yeah. Okay. Black sophistication, value, prestige, class, high quality, authority and stability. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, white, purity, clarity, simplicity, warmth and cleanliness. Oh. Yeah, I know. It sounds a bit... Ugh. Yeah. But that's Penfolds. But, isn't it? Yeah, but only insofar as like the capsules and the, 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 the imagery and the all of that is not red. white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Blue. I was trying to think of it. I couldn't actually think of a blue. It's not a colour I'd go for now myself. No. Yeah, Trustworthy, calming, reliable, creativity mm. and newness. Oh, weird, isn't it? Mm. Although, no, now I'm thinking of examples. I can think of them now. Can a lot you? of the later wines. The Gial is blue. Thinking C, maybe for whites. Oh, my head, I was thinking Marine, of blue, blue. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, like well, royal blue, dark blue. Dark blue. Well, mm. later wines. We have, yeah. Ah, anyway. But that's just a little, like little house true, or something yeah. on it isn't it um, again I did have the 99 bottles of wine a carefully crafted uh, wine label can make us think the bottle is way more expensive mm-hmm. than it is and it can boost our enjoyment of the wine itself okay mm. any more colours no okay wine and food pairing from your week gone by oh gosh um, I did have something there you go first please I have to tell you and there was no thermomix involved. I made, <laughs> I made this Yet. fabulous pasta a la norma dish, which was, it was my normal, first. Was it? No, it was. <laughs> it was my first time giving this a stab, and I, I couldn't believe it. It was um. So it's a Sicilian pasta dish, and it's made with aubergines that you kind of. Oh, you told me you all pan about this. fry. Did I? No, you left and, me a voicemail telling me what you were making. Oh yeah. right, and. Uh, and then you have it. It's a tomato based sauce with your garlic. It has a bit of oregano. And then you put your aubergine in and you uh, in your pasta spaghetti and you put ricotta and like mint and basil. It's mm. delicious. Mint and basil, ricotta and aubergine. Aubergine and oregano. And okay. So look, the mint was a, my twist on it. I think usually it's just the basil and the oregano. Mm-hmm. And I had been gifted because it was my birthday recently, a fabulous bottle 
of Barolo. I didn't get around. Yeah, nothing. Yet. Just saying. So yes. one of my other really good friends brought me a bottle of Barolo. <laughs> one of my. <laughs> and uh, it was the Bruna Grimaldi Barolo. And t- to be honest, I'd never heard of it or tasted it. But do you remember we talked about Barolos recently in our Italy mm-hmm. episode and we were mm-hmm. talking about how I tannic do. and aggressive a Barolo can be and how they're starting to make them in more approachable styles. I have mm-hmm. to say this is what well, was definitely approachable. Uh, in style I didn't need to it was opened soon basically the day after I caught it and it was fantastic it was drinking so well but it had all of this beautiful complexity had the cherry and strawberry fruit going through it had great acidity it had great structure it has a lovely kind of rose petal note and then you have all the savouriness coming in and it just matched so well with the earthiness of the aubergine and the acidity of the tomato and everything it was just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous so yeah, that was my standout for the last week. Excellent. Loving it. Sounds How about you? Fab. Yeah, I actually had a Barolo recently as well that um, was really youthful and vibrant. It was only, I think, 2019. Okay. And it was really, really approachable. Um, don't ask me the name, but I'll find it. Out okay. Um, but yeah, interesting, uh, that conversation. Okay, so my highlight is going to be um, an Alberino from Ria Spicious. Um, it's called Sin... What's that you've shown me? Sin palabras. That's without exactly. words. Sin palabras. Without Sin palabras. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it's a fabulous wine um, from Ria Spices and Alberino. And I had that with pulpul. What? With octopus. Pulpo. Pulpo. What did I call it? Pulpo. I don't know what you said. <laughs> Pulpo. <laughs> Where's Blanca when you need her? Pulpo. And blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I had it with octopus and potato, the way you're meant to have it. And yeah, it was lovely. just heaven on earth. Now that yeah, was with that's our a real match, isn't Taste it? the Camino event that we had last week for the trade. And Fab. I swear it was just beautiful. Now about 22, 23 euro in yeah. independence, but definitely. I haven't tasted that one actually. Oh, have you not? No. Oh, it's Vinicito. It's beautiful. It's really like good. I so said, first... it was, like I said, it was my birthday last week, Linda. Oh yeah, um, it was it was actually one of the first premium Alberinos I've ever had. Okay. Go back like ten years. Wow. So yeah, um, on that note, I better get her a nice bottle of wine yeah. for her belated birthday. I'll be waiting. Um, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Good to hear from you. Talk to, talk to you soon. Good to hear from you. <laughs> Cheers, Linda. Cheers. So what do you think? We do these podcasts because we want you, our listeners, to know what's going on in the world of wine and be informed when it comes to your wine buying decisions. We always love hearing from you. So let us know your thoughts on Instagram and Twitter. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you haven't subscribed to Wine, the long and the short of it yet, make sure you do that wherever you get your podcasts. Or reach out to us by email at ourwinepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. Cheers. Cheers. You have been listening to Wine, the long and the short of it with me, Antonia Dominguez. And me, Linda Coogan, in proud partnership with Give Wine a Future.